I'm really excited today for my conversation with University of Arkansas alum, two-time golf pro winner, Sebastian Kaplan. Sebastian, welcome, my friend. Thanks for uh, taking the time. Absolutely. It's a joy. It's a pleasure. Yeah, yeah. We were, we were both just talking about how uh, the different noises in the background here, so apologies in the advance uh, for that. But let's let's take it back to your hometown or your home country of, uh, you know, Denmark and let's say I you know I have 20, 24 hours there in Denmark like what are we doing like what do I have to see uh Copenhagen absolutely yeah, yeah. uh I think a lot of people that I speak I've talked to here in, in the U.S. now that have had the opportunity to go to Europe and been to Copenhagen everyone absolutely loves it and I mean obviously being from there I didn't grow up in Copenhagen but I wasn't far from it I'm very biased towards it but um yeah. I would say that Copenhagen, the top of Denmark, the tip of Denmark, there's a lot of cool art and a lot of history coming out of there, two oceans meeting, the light's incredible up there. Um, it's very much, um, this is actually goes back to my wife's first time when she was there. Um, she saw these little villages when we were driving, and she's like, this is like where fairy tales were written. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's pretty close. Um, nice. But it's, it's just super neat, super a great welfare system. Um we don't think we're socialistic, but if in an American's eye, it's extremely socialistic because everyone has free healthcare, university, all this stuff. But we think we're pretty free to do what we want to do. So it's it's about perspective. But um, yeah, yeah I, I, you can't really go wrong anywhere in Denmark. It's everyone loves tourists and, and visitors and, and and showing what we have. I was gonna say, I think my American view of it, it's like the happiest place on earth. I feel like uh, over that. Area. I see that a lot of places written at least (laughs) yeah so like my world's football man but like you know you're you're a big dude six foot 190 like a solid build for a golfer like and i i I was looking back at you know my in my research and i use air quotes on my uh, extensive research here but uh going back to 2021 at the honda classic you just like ripping your shirt off like showing off to everybody to hit from the mud so like were you showing off there like tell us take us to that Honestly, in the moment, no, because I was so focused being inside the ropes. I was like, you know what? There's no way I'm not going to pull the shot off. And I told my caddy, I, I'm pretty sure I wore a white shirt that day. I'm like, and it was my second hole of the day. Like, I'm not doing this myself. I'm just going to take the shirt off, hit the shot. It wasn't until after the round I realized that some of the spotlights that were actually on that moment. Because um, yeah. I think it was like an off-peak time for TV, etc. Yeah. So I was I wasn't too worried about what was going on around me. Spectators weren't really out yet. And and it wasn't yet until after the round. I was like, oh, hold on a minute. This got caught. And I learned, I think Wes Bryan had one on one of the other holes. There's a few guys that ended up doing the same thing during a tournament. So that definitely got played up a little bit. You know, it actually made me think of this new kind of wave of golf we have going. There seems like, I'm not a golfer, I'll make it very clear, but like I've like, I've seen almost this transition from like old, stiff, boring, at least to me, golf to like this new wave of, you know, even with what Liv was doing and um, or is continues to do with this, like, you know, higher energy, more, more excitement, you know. And so um, what do you think of this new younger generation wave of golf? I think it's healthy for the sport as a whole. Um, obviously, getting into the weeds of some of the methods and, and avenues to do it can be questioned. Um I just hope, and I think that's what we're seeing now with what's what the, the tour and the PJ tour and Liv is trying to do is there. I think hopefully everyone's realizing, hey, you need to find a way to better the, the sport uh, as a whole. Um, and 
we maybe not quite there, but I, we will get there. I'm confident. Um, but yeah, I, I think it, we needed a refresh to your point of we, everyone is more built as an athlete in the sport. Now um, it's all about distance. There's a lot of regulations around that. To try to combat that a little bit, but it's definitely pushing more to becoming a, an athletic sport rather than the old school notion of, oh, it's golf, that's not a sport. But yeah. it, it certainly is at this point. Yeah. Well, take me back to the beginning. Like, how did you get involved in the golf? Is, is golf big in Denmark? So um, I know uh, your dad played soccer there growing up. So tell us about that. Yeah, that certainly was my background, too. My brother and I were two years apart when we were – from when we could walk, we had a soccer ball in front of us, and that was certainly the preferred sport for my dad. And we both played for a while. My brother played longer than I did. Um, but I was really introduced to golf from my, my mom's dad's side. Um, he had just been working as a club pro and was connected to golf for a long time, was building to old clubs, the Persimmon Woods and all this stuff. And I just remember we're running around with kids' clubs in their backyard um, but it wasn't really till I was 13 where I, I don't know, something clicked, whether it was teenage puberty or whatever it was. I, I needed something individual that I could write my own history and, and take and take fall for my own falls. Um, so I kind of transitioned from soccer to golf and trying to just, I mean, I was full time focusing on that. I was probably a 14 handicap when I was 14. Um, so it wasn't like a child prodigy that yeah. it's decent in an average golf eyes, but. It took me a few years. There's definitely a lot of better players in Denmark at that age from, uh, for me. But yeah, I mean, I made it to the, to the junior national team, um, the men's national team. Got to play some of the big European events. Um, got to play the Junior World Cup in Japan, which is awesome. Um, and I never really, I mean, I'm sure we're going to get there, but I never really thought about the U.S. as an option growing yeah. up in Denmark. Um, yeah. That's definitely a, a longer story too, um, so, but at the end of the day, I ended up here, and I'm super glad I did. Well, that was my next question. I feel like Arkansas is a very far away from Denmark. So, how did you uh, like end up there? And, and I know you you had an unbelievable college career, four time All American, and won the uh, 2013 SEC championship. Yeah, so I work my longtime coach that I work with in Denmark, Thomas Larsen. He's the men's head national head coach for the national team still and and works with some of the pros in Denmark as well. Um, he, I want to say it's through maybe some coaching conferences and whatnot. He somehow got a relationship to the assistant coach at Arkansas at that time. And um, Scandinavia as a whole started producing a lot of good golfers. So I think there was a lot of interest from, from the U.S. side where you have these southern schools that have great weather all year round. They're like, hold on a minute. These guys up here, they only have four months of, of the year that they can play golf outside or five or whatever it is. How do they do it? So the assistant coach at Arkansas ended up making a trip over to Denmark to kind of see our facilities, figure out, hey, how these guys doing in the winter with indoor training and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, and I met him and he was like, you know what? I'd love for you to come on a visit. I was like, okay, got nothing to lose. They were offering me a free flight, free stay, all, all expenses paid. Um I went and I saw the facility we had at Arkansas. I was like, I got to come there. This is there's no other. If I can't get this is for me, that was like, okay, if I can't get good here or get to the next level here, then I know yeah. for sure that yeah. this wasn't meant to be. Yeah. So, right. But in hindsight, looking back, I was like, I never visited another school, which would be it's 
just crazy. I sh- definitely should have visited another school, but um, I'm super happy I ended up at an SEC school. But first of all, I mean, great experience. Um, but we just had, we had great coaches. To, my teammates were awesome there. Obviously, a lot of the guys are on tour now that I played with. Um, yeah. We had a really strong team for super fun years. Um, and, and yeah, just our facilities were incredible. That's awesome. What a great experience. And at, at Arkansas, you study business and you're, you're currently you know, working with an investment management firm. So tell us about the, that, the firm and what the transition has been like. Yeah. So um, obviously five years on a corn fed tour, a couple of years on a PGA tour. Um, my wife and I, well, we were getting to the point where like, you know, I'd rich start a family. We had decided early on that let's do this together. She traveled with me everywhere. We had all these experiences together and, um, we agreed that we weren't in a hurry to have kids. We wanted to have some of this stuff together. Um, but I got past 30. Um, my wife was approaching 30 and we're like, you know, we're ready to have a baby. And I was on a PJ tour. Like, okay, let's do it. Um, we were fortunate to have our first daughter in um, summer of 21. Yeah. And it also happened to be this summer that I wasn't playing great. I lost my card on tour. Um, I had status to go back to the corn fair tour, but mentally I was also in a place that, well, to back up a little bit, I always knew golf wasn't all I ever wanted to do. Yeah. Um, I feel like I, I had more to offer. I wanted to give back one another a different way. Um, I know golf is a great avenue to do it. The, the earnings and the ability to, to give back to people off the field is it's pretty tremendous uh, like other sports, but um, I don't know. I had to, I feel like I had a mind I needed to put to work as well. Um, and not just my, my body. Um, if you want to put it that way. So fall of 21, I made a decision. You know what? I'm going to just hit pause on the golf. I want to spend more time with my family. I had a great yeah. relationship, ready to walk into, uh, to an opportunity with a couple of guys, um, doing commercial real estate, private equity here in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, my wife's able to stay home with the girls. Um, pretty happy being able to, to see the family every day honestly that's that's been huge and a big a big factor awesome. um so the firm yeah the firm is i mean it's a smaller firm uh some of the guys that come with their background is obviously real estate they started a industrial office reit um that, that grew to almost a billion dollars um they exited that they wanted to get back to i mean there were 100 plus employees um which wow. everything in house they, they wanted to get back to something smaller as well so Timing-wise, it couldn't have been better. Um, so we're a small seven-people firm now that has a private equity arm. We have a commercial real estate arm. Um, we obviously like the real estate component to mostly everything we do, um, but we love the, the operations side as well. And, and like to we'd like disruptive opportunities, um, whether it's in the green space, whether it's in the healthcare space. It doesn't really matter. Um, which is, if, I think, if you go on the, on our company's website, I think says we're designed to disrupt. So we like to, to go in and, and, and see an opportunity where something doesn't seem quite right and figure out what that opportunity is. Well, that's pretty, I mean, it's interesting to see like like the transition there. And so is there anything you've taken from quote unquote the field to the office now that that's kind of helping you perform there? Absolutely. I mean, the, the responsibility you have to yourself and to the, your support team around you when especially in an individual sport um, that, I mean, that translates better than anything, I think. And I think a lot of employers or companies that value people that have been in that environment where, Hey, I'm responsible for setting my 
goals for setting my plans, my schedules, yeah. living up to and following up all this stuff. Um, that's extremely important in terms of just work ethic. Um, and nowadays with, with I'm going to be careful how I phrase this, but with the younger generations that are coming out in the workforce that are, especially with the last couple of years with COVID and everything, people have some of these yeah. jobs where they basically just sit on their couch and make six figures. Um, yeah. That's, I think we're slowly getting away from that, but I think by right now, a lot of people really value a, a solid and accountable work ethic. Um, For sure. For sure. And then I know what um, you also, and I hopefully I pronounced this right, uh, prime, prime time sports. Did I pronounce that right? Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of a, it's kind of a fun thing we did because yeah. I, I know Lawrence really well. Um, and he wanted, he was obviously wheels up for a while, but he wanted a little side gig. I mean, no different from what you kind of started. Yeah, he, yeah. he loved, he loved being out there on a the golf course. He loved golf. He wanted to just get involved with helping a couple of guys. So yeah. he kind of helped myself and Harry Higgs from in Kansas city, um, just relationships, kind of what he could bring to the table. He, he didn't have much expectations since the beginning. I think he just wanted a little something on the side he could focus on. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how that started. It obviously didn't come huge, but um, I think he, he loved it. He came out to a couple of tournaments and was able to get inside the ropes and get the access and, and whatnot. Awesome. So it's awesome. Well, here, here at Plainfield, I always ask every time I talk to somebody, it's like, we're a community here. How can our community here, um, you know, at Plainfield support what you're up to? I mean, I've honestly played with the idea sometimes of when I see some of the things that's happening, like, this is like, you're the first one I'm telling this, uh, but I know like MLB, NFL, some of these bigger organizations have these internal um, investment arms, so to speak, of, hey, I, we want to put together something for the player community to go to get back to. And then they have an avenue to whether to it's invest in, in green tech or um, create a foundation that goes and helps kids or something like that. I, I mean, I'd love for our firm someday, maybe to go that route with a PJ tour. I haven't of course a PJ tour about this, but, and I don't even know what they have in place currently. Um, but something that creates an avenue for a, tr a trusted avenue for players or athletes to say, Hey, we'd love to allocate something here that we know goes towards this um, mm -hmm. rather than just giving it to, to charity or something like this, it would obviously be set up as a nonprofit and, and all these benefits that come with it. Um, but have an opportunity to go help identify groups that need the help, whether it's investing in business or because right now I see one of the partners of the company, Paul, he's a veteran, he's a Marine. Um, he does a lot with uh, on that side of things. And he's built out a veteran center here in Greenville that the next thing for him is going to be to create this business uh, incubator community type of thing mm -hmm. that where he sets up a, an avenue for investors to come put money in a pool. They just know, hey, this is goes to investments to veterans that come want that retired, they want to start their own business, all the stuff they have this arm that can reach out to and say, hey, this is my business plan. I mean, this is what I want to do. Okay. Here is a check for X. Um I'd love to I mean there's still a lot of groundwork to be done in that in that arena, but I, I see a possibility there someday because um, we definitely have the expertise to do it. Obviously we probably have to have someone depending on size and 
and whatnot, but it's definitely a, a dream and a goal of mine just to, to bring the two worlds together. And it's all about helping people for you. It's pretty awesome. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I, it gives me joy. It's the same with my family. Like it's always, it's not what I can do for myself. It's joy I get from providing for my family or for the people around me, give them opportunities to do what they want to do. For sure. For sure. Well, last, last question, you know, I mentioned earlier, I'm not really a golfer, but what's the best advice that you've ever received, um, you know, about playing golf? Honestly, it's probably back to my, my mom's dad, my grandfather. He probably yeah. said, I mean, it's like a, it's as simple as spend 80, 80% of the time, spend it around the green, whether it's chipping or putting or inside 40 yards, just spend your time there. You'll be all right. All right, cool. I, I, it, yeah, it's all that matters. Trust me. Uh, I'll I'll work on that and uh, to see how I do. But I, uh, Sebastian, it was awesome uh, talking to you. Great meeting you. Inspiring, like you know, again, your uh, desire to help other people. So, thanks so much for your time today. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Ben. Mm-hmm.